CPAC proudly welcomes its next speaker, President of the country, Fascististan. Please welcome President Orloff Giniocide. Thank you for having me here, Americans. I have so much to say about this beautiful white country full of its beautiful white babies and its detention centers for holding brown people. I am so impressed by everything you are doing here with your police state and your, uh, you, you know, the, the throwing out of the immigrants. God bless America. God bless Donald Trump. Am I right, everybody? I'm right. All right. So I want to thank you here for bringing me here once again. And uh, let me just say, it is an honor to speak for the Republican platform, knowing that we have so much in common, including, of course, our love of Jesus Christ and our love of ignoring the Bible. And, of course, our love of our our Western cultures and, you know, skin color. It's all good time here at CPAC. You not agree? I know I agree. In my own country, we are working very hard to be as convicted as the Republican Party is at making sure that the homosexuals gain no power and have no rights. We are very on board with this. Go CPAC, am I right? Yes, I am right. Hello. And I promise you that when I meet you at the next at the next national prayer breakfast held in Hungary, it's going to be good time. Good time. We all hang out with Orban and everything. But maybe next time we have national prayer breakfast in Fascistan. Am I right? Am I right? I am right. You, you come there. We have big party. Uh, lots of, and we do lots of cocaine while we talk about why Jesus is the best. Yes? Okay. Now remember, lock up, lock up Sleepy Joe. <laughs> All right, remember, democracy bad, autocracy good. Go Republican Party! Welcome to Ruben Uncut. Ruben here. And today we're going to be talking about something because I am freaking out, guys. Freaking out. And I, just to be clear, I'm not freaking out because I'm suddenly afraid that the FBI could break into my house at any time and take whatever they want. But I'm not freaking out about that because that has always been true. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. As you may have heard, and if you haven't heard it, get yourself out from underneath that rock, you son of a bitch. Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago house, apartment, thing, building, I don't know. Wherever he lives out there doing his thing, his summer, his winter White House, as they used to call it, was raided by the FBI. Now, we don't have a lot of the details. 
because as with most investigations, the FBI isn't just coming out and telling us everything about it. But there are some things that should be stated that we do know at this time. The FBI raided Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago state because Donald Trump was not fully cooperating with the National Archives who had requested the returns of government documents that he had taken home to Mar-a-Lago with him when he left the White House, which by the way, before any right winger in the listen to this jumps, but Hillary Clinton stole furniture. If you don't understand the difference between household items and furniture and classified government documents, you should just stop talking about politics forever because that's fucking not comparable. Not comparable at all. Hillary Clinton stealing silverware is Hillary Clinton being a, a greedy bitch. Donald Trump steal, taking documents from the White House is fucking questionable because those are government documents contain government information, some of which may be classified, some of which may be incriminating. But so anyways, the National Archive tried to get back some of these documents. The Trump, Trump and all his cronies returned 15 boxes of documents. The FBI, however, would later go on, based on a law that Donald Trump himself signed into law, with the go-ahead from an FBI director appointed by Donald Trump, raided Mar-a-Lago to take back 12 more boxes of documents. Now, Donald Trump's people claim that he was cooperating with the National Archive, but if he was cooperating with the National Archive, how did he have 12 more boxes of documents after they requested they be returned? That makes the fact that you have 12 after you return 15 make the 12 you didn't return seem a little sketch, don't you think? Don't you think that's a little sketchy? It's a little sketchy. But the thing I'm freaking out about is not that this is quote-unquote unprecedented, because in fairness, it is unprecedented. America has a history of not punishing presidents even when they're fucking corrupt assholes who like do fucked up shit nixon got pardoned george w bush never faced any consequences for his actions even though international courts declared that he was a war criminal he lives peacefully in america where we don't even fucking bother to touch him and ellen says he's not that bad and you know if ellen says he's not that bad he must be a real hoot at parties you know, just him and Ellen yelling at the staff, making them cry. Gotta be fun, right? <sighs> Where was I? All right. So this is unprecedented because legal action is almost never taken against former presidents, which actually probably bad. We've essentially built a system where there is very little, you know, repercussions for people who abuse the highest levels of power. I'll get back to this. So after he was raided, Donald Trump, of course, took to his own self-owned social media platforms where he proceeded to write pages upon pages 
of statements that he tried to throw at the media and his followers. And the, the crazy thing is, though, is that essentially this thing he wrote essentially became the go-to talking points for the right, who proceeded to lambast everyone about, oh, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about Hunter Biden for a moment. Okay, so here's several things about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's not in government. Hunter Biden has never been in government. Is Hunter Biden technically government adjacent because his dad is in the government? Kind of, technically, yes. Has he been, did he used to smell crack? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he used to be a big old crackhead. Uh, but, you know, that's not unusual for the children of politicians. I mean, Mitch McConnell's kid uh, was busted doing and selling cocaine. He then later failed a drug test and got and uh, messed up his probation that his daddy got him. He failed it for cocaine, too, which is a water-soluble drug that you can totally drink out of your system before a drug test. What a fucking cuck, am I right, guys? I forget Mitch McConnell's kid's name, but you know what? Fuck him. He's related to Mitch McConnell, so you know he's a piece of shit. Because Mitch McConnell, kind of a piece of shit. Actually, Mitch McConnell's more like a bag of shit. You may have noticed because he's all wrinkly and saggy. That's because he is literally a bag of shit. He's just shit in a human bag, just wandering around. Fucking up everything for everybody. Where was I? All right. So anyways... One of the talking points that Trump put out was, oh, why are we investigating Hunter Biden? Well, we're not investigating Hunter Biden because Hunter Biden is a private citizen. And corruption in private citizens is, well, not a good thing. Um, not nearly as ground shake, not nearly as, uh, not nearly as impactful as, you know, the corruption of someone like Donald Trump who, you know, was the executive power of the United States of America for an extended period of time. Where was I? So the Hunter Biden thing. I look, I'm not saying we can't or shouldn't investigate Hunter Biden. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be looked into. What I'm saying is that Hunter Biden's questionable activities are irrelevant to the federal government. And you may be like, but he's related to Biden and he did that stuff in Ukraine. Well, yeah, but he also did that stuff in Ukraine when... Biden was neither in office nor running for anything. So it's kind of a moot point. You know, his dad was not even in government when he was accused of doing those things. I mean, technically, when he was accused of doing those things, his dad was in government. But at the actual time he would have done those things, his dad was not. If you're going to bring up Hillary Clinton or Hunter Biden, that's just a whataboutism. It doesn't really mean anything for this. It's a distraction. That's just Donald Trump is people trying to distract you. I'm not saying those people shouldn't be investigated. I'm saying it's irrelevant to what's happening right now. Because what's right happening right now is the right-wing media is going fucking nuts over this shit. And in fact, I have to say... I really hope the FBI found something super incriminating because if they didn't, this is going to blow up in our faces. That's, that's what I have to say there. So something smoking gun wise had better come out to get Donald Trump or this is going, or this will only strengthen Donald Trump's claim because 
And this is the big deal with Donald Trump and the way that he dishonestly engages with both the media and the public. Donald Trump pushes the Ayn Randian objectivist narcissistic complex out there that essentially there's nothing wrong with him. He's the guy on our side. The problem is all the people that are out to get him. And you see, this is how people who are running off of that sort of Randian objectivism have to frame things. If you go and you read a Ayn Rand story, an interesting thing about them is that they're not about a character changing, but a character realizing that the best thing to do is to flip off the world and that nothing's wrong with them. It's just all the people who are getting in their way which is an unrealistic and narcissistic take on the world, where you're essentially pushing off the responsibility of your own failures and struggles and, mis- and missteps on other people. And that's been the Donald Trump move from the beginning. Donald Trump never acknowledges his own problems or mistakes. Donald Trump plows ahead with, this is just people trying to discredit me. And the thing about that is, is that at this point, it doesn't even really matter because Donald Trump has been the boy who cried wolf repeatedly. Donald Trump is, has endorsed and engaged in, in supporting conspiracy theories. Donald Trump does not give a fuck. Donald Trump views the world as him. And then either people are with him or against him. He views the world as enemies and allies. And that's a very dangerous thing for a potential quote-unquote leader to be saying. Because that type of appeal to populism is a problem. And it's actually an appeal to populism that occurs in almost every instance of a rise of fascism. The world is fucked up because... So-and-so is ruining it, regardless of how that actually lines up. Right now, in in American politics, I'm not saying this hasn't always existed, but in American politics, this got really bad when Newt Gingrich came into power. Side note, fuck Newt Gingrich, one of the people who actively destroyed American politics, because Newt Gingrich's major contribution to politics was the idea that you should make your opponents your enemies. And your political opponents should not be your enemies. They are ideally people you're going to have to work with and make compromises and plans with. But Newt Gingrich was the guy who was like, no, we should call liberals and Democrats liars and traitors to America. Newt Gingrich started that. And it's been one of the most politically damaging things anyone has ever done. Because essentially, he destroyed good faith politics. And Ronald Reagan proceeded to encourage the failure of good faith politics when he vetoed the, uh, oh, fuck. Uh, I've forgotten the name of that bill. Uh, it's, uh, fuck. It's, uh, it's a bill that they, that they used to have as part of the law, which said that the news had to give both sides of any political discussion. They couldn't favor or side with one political concept. And there was a law in place that used to perpetuate that. And then 
it got it came up for renewal and Reagan vetoed it. And shortly after he vetoed it, Fox News was born. And Fox News began to create the unfair narrative that they were the only people who were giving fair and balanced information. And part of this was because reality was beginning to turn against traditionalists. Most science and most social studies and most progress in society flew directly in the face of hardcore traditionalism. And you should be worried about Christian traditionalism or even just conservative traditionalism because traditionalism itself is also one of the major appeals made by fascists. Now, to be clear, though, there is a subtle difference between traditional, hardcore traditionalists and fascists. And the major thing there is, is that a fascist will indicate, make the same traditionalist indications, but not necessarily actually want that type of traditionalist values to become part of society. Because you see a major factor in fascism is that fascism has no real core beliefs. Fascism is strictly a power-based belief system where actions are more important than words and everything would be smoother if we had an autocracy. Now, Christian traditionalists or traditionalist conservatives don't necessarily believe in autocracy, although many of them believe in theocracy, which could be just as worrying. The call to traditionalism is typically done whether they're being done through, tra uh, through trad cons or fascists, is almost always a cherry-picking or dilution of history. Some, a, an appeal to traditions set in a vacuum. Because this, this is the reality of the conservative. The conservative puts their arguments in a vacuum. They don't want to acknowledge any type of environmental or outside factors that could influence what they're looking at, because in their mind, that's, that would be problematic for them because outside factors influence everything. Traditionalists are going to want to make you think of, hey, remember how great the nuclear family was? Even though the nuclear family is itself a, a construct of the 20th century a mockery of the original family unit, which is not a unit, but a family. Families were not designed, families were never meant to be units. Families used to be the foundations of societies and kingdoms. The idea of the nuclear family is specifically designed to section off your wealth from the rest of your families. Once you are living in your own house, away from your family, you're no longer connected financially and you're sort of on your own. This allows, this allows our society to break up wealth, family wealth. You may not be aware of this, but rich people tend to share their wealth with their families. Don't believe me? Look at the Waltons. And by the Waltons, I mean the people who own Walmart. You see, an entire family owns Walmart, and they are all billionaires off of Walmart. They are individually billionaires 
off of Walmart. Now I don't now, now now to be fair, my data there's a little old. I don't know how Amazon has affected them in the last couple of years. But I assume they're probably still billionaires because Walmart's still one of the biggest, you know, in-person stores in the fucking world. Where was I? Oh, right. Traditionalists are going to make these appeals to history that are not quite accurate. They only want you to remember the good parts of history and ignore the things that we've made progress away from. And the truth is, if you were to examine traditionalist values, the further back we go, the more fucked up they're going to be. And that's sort of the problem. If we go back far enough, you can marry a child. If you go back far enough, slavery is legal. If you go back far enough, you can basically hit women with whatever you want. Traditionalist values don't necessarily line up with what we understand today. And a lot of things that traditionalists seem to miss about the prior value systems that existed is that they existed in a world that was both less connected and more dangerous and volatile. Yeah, we often conservatives seem to be thinking about pioneer life as like the ideal American way. After all, pioneer life is the type of life that most resembles the version of the world that conservatives seem to be obsessed with. Because in pioneer life, you literally were very far away from the government, and you had to rely on only your own abilities. You had to come with enough materials to try and set up a home that was sustainable based off of any of the resources in that general area. But the pioneer life no longer exists. The amount of people in the world that can live a pioneer life is extremely limited because to live a pioneer life is to be away from the rest of society. The pioneer life that traditionalists seem to cling to the concepts of, whether they are aware of that or not, are outdated and outmoded and quite frankly, mostly useless to modern society actually completely useless to modern society and even more redundant for digital society we now live in. Conservatives seem to want to believe that the spirit and mindsets of the pioneer times can somehow translate to things like industrialism and the digital age, but that's just not an accurate description of anything. Right now, we live in a society where everything is interwoven, interconnected, part of, we are part of the same economy and world together. Our actions affect other people around us. In fact, studying the economy is actually proof that our actions have effects on other people. What's interesting about conservatives is is that they're obsessed with the economy, but they're not obsessed with the things that are affecting it. They like to point to things because they like to imply that the corporations are the ones who know how the economy works best. But this is an unfair way to do it because corporations are, after all, not unbiased actors in the economy. In fact, corporations are capable of gaining power in the economy and even power over the economy. Have you stopped to wonder how dangerous it is that Amazon essentially is one of the biggest distributors in the world? Does it bother you that Amazon doesn't use 
any of the other companies or mail for their transportation of goods. In fact, they have their own delivery system set up with vehicles all over the world and distribution centers. You should be concerned that Amazon is essentially taking over large parts of the economy in terms of distribution. And as a distributor, they will ultimately gain an immense amount of power over resources and how those resources are distributed to our society. So that's the thing you should think about if you're really worried about shit like authoritarianism or the economy. But back, but back to this whole thing, I still haven't told you why I'm freaking out. Because the thing is, the reason I'm freaking out is that the right-wing media is taking this thing and they are running with it. And they're running with it in a scary fucking way. I watched a video the other day of Steven Crowder, a man who is, quite frankly, terrible. A cringe-inducing failed comedian who now poses as a right-wing radio-style shock jock pundit type. A man who, quite frankly, if he were ever challenged to try and be funny without being racist, would of course fail because the Steven Crowder being funny without being racist challenge level is impossible. Also, he's not really that funny when he's being racist. That's, I'm just saying that being racist is the only way he knows how to form a joke, which are not really jokes. They're just him doing terrible ethnic stereotypes on his show. Uh, yeah, Steven Crowder sucks, but that's besides the point. The point is I watched a video the other day where Steven Crowder came on his show and was basically trying to incite violence. He was getting it. He was giving, fuck it. Let's pull it up. I didn't want to play this video. I didn't want to play this clip for you, but we're definitely not going to watch the whole thing. Fuck that. <clears throat> but it sounded a lot less exhausting than me trying to describe the clip to you. So we're going to do that because describing it to you did sound exhausting. Let's see if I can skip past his. Open and before we go into the show, I think we're going to have Rudy Giuliani in the show. Uh, look, every now and then when we get to do this show, we get to do it. And I mean that even though this is a very dark day in American history, we get to do. Now let me describe the way Stephen Crowder looks right now. Uh, actually, let me tell you a few things about this video that we're listening to. Uh, first of all, Steven Crowder is wearing a T-shirt that says Fight Like Hell. I'm sorry, it's not a T-shirt. It's actually a long sleeve shirt. My bad. He's wearing a long sleeve shirt that says Fight Like Hell and gun holsters. This is actually a big thing that Steven Crowder does where he wears gun holsters with no guns in them, um, which, you know, just screams I'm posturing my masculinity. Like, he doesn't even have a gun in them. Like, what? what, what is the implication here supposed to be? That he, he has guns off air in them i who knows uh but worst of all the title of this and this is important the title of this video is fbi raids donald trump subtitle this means war do this with you we get to experience it with you this is one of those days that you're going to remember 
for the rest of your life. This is one of those days that you're going to be telling your children about, your grandchildren about. This is a line that has been crossed, a bell that has been rung that can't be unrung. Okay, so right away, right away, his first thing he's going to do is tell his audience that, yes, what has happened to Donald Trump is traumatic. Not for Donald Trump, who, by the way, wasn't at Mar-a-Lago when it happened. So, like, I don't know about you, but my favorite time for the FBI to raid my house would be when I'm not home. He is also, if you hadn't, couldn't tell from hearing his voice, he is becoming emotional. Because he wants to, he's making an emotional appeal to his audience. He wants them to be aware that they should be so scared right now. So scared. And let me just tell you this before we move on today. We're going to get into what we know. There's a lot of misinformation out there, both sides, largely from the left and mainstream. Of course, he's going to imply that most of the misinformation is from the left or mainstream media because, you know, that fits the narrative he's constructing from you. He is constructing a narrative of distrust. He wants you to automatically distrust sources that are not him or right wing so that you will trust him. Media. Uh, we'll get into what the FBI is doing, what the FBI is not doing. But before any of that, <clears throat> last night I thought about uh, you know, doing a video on Instagram, something while this was happening, or going to a live stream in that moment, because we've done that in the past. I was conflicted. He is coming across very emotionally in this video. And like the thing about that is, is that like, even though he did play the voice of the brain on the cartoon show Arthur for several years, uh, like I, I genuinely don't... He, think he's probably a very good actor so maybe he is this shaken up by it i i don't know because i i don't think he's good enough actor to to fake this emotion but you know you know as far as failed comedians go maybe he uh did take a couple acting classes before his comedy career tanked and he ended up shilling for the right wing and let me explain to you what i mean um you're mad i'm mad He's projecting emotions onto his audience to confirm that they should be angry. He is literally feeding that emotional thing. Because let me tell you something as an actor. If I'm an actor and I want the audience to feel a certain way on, when I'm on stage, I'll start to project the emotion that I want them to react to. This is a very typical acting technique. It's not even super advanced. Anyone can do it. Like, literally, if you want to learn how to become a better actor, just become okay with projecting emotions at the audience when you're on stage, because that's how you tell the audience how to feel. That's what he's doing here. Pissed? Rightfully so? Once again, confirming your anger. But you don't want to make decisions at that point. You want to make decisions that are measured and appropriate. Which, what would be measured and appropriate for the average citizen in this situation? Like, what would that be? And you don't want to interrupt your en enemy while they're making a mistake. So that's what I was thinking about. And then I started thinking about, okay, strategy, what does this mean? Obviously, this is going to have some backlash uh, with the midterms. How should and that's the scary thing. If I were to be conspiratorially speculating right now, I conspiratorially speculate that Donald Trump did this to himself. Like I said, it's his FBI guy, and they did it based on a law that Donald Trump signed into law. I could have said that sentence better, but you know what I'm saying. The point is, 
So the point is, if I were going to speculate conspiratorially, I would almost think that Donald Trump did this to himself to create, you know, hype for the midterms. Get those, get those people sucking on his dick scared as hell. Should we couch our words? I always try and be pretty prudent with issues like this. And then... <laughs> Stephen Crowder has never been prudent one moment in his life. People who are prudent don't make a career out of putting fake teeth in their mouth and a straw hat to pretend to be Asian on YouTube. That's not a thing people who are prudent do. Prudent people don't wear just empty gun holsters. I found myself at the... Seriously, put a fucking gun in them. Come on your show with a gun. Why don't you wear a... You have a gun? Wait, he has a gun on the desk. He has a gun on the desk. What is the fucking holsters for? Why are they empty? Is it a representation that he's... That he doesn't... That he's shooting blanks with his dick? Crossroads. Uh, If you have children, by the way, they shouldn't be watching the show today. If you have children, they should never be watching Steven Crowder. The fact that he feels he has to say that implies terrible things about what he thinks about his fan base. Children should not be watching Steven Crowder. They will grow up thinking it's cool to be racist. Uh, At the crossroads of I don't care and fuck you. Okay. Fuck you too, man. This is so wrong. So tyrannical, there needs to be a hill that you're willing to die on. Would it be wrong if he weren't the ex-president? This is it. Now, I don't mean literally. I'm not calling you to violence, unlike what's being implied on Twitter, Eric Swalwa with a fight like hell. (laughs) So he says he's not calling for violence, but this thing is subtitled, This Means War, which, you know... (laughs) More is violence. Uh, also, just so everyone knows, in Ohio today there was a standoff with a there was a there was a shootout um, between a man and the FBI building in Cincinnati, where a man with where, where an armed man attempted to go into the FBI building, but when confronted with FBI agents, attempted to flee, leading to a shootout that closed a couple of roads. So yeah. People are already starting to be violent. Banging Chinese spies. Um, you're mad. Now, we don't need to make our decisions right now. We do need to wait for some information to come out. But the world needs to see that half of this country is pissed. I'm not saying make executive decisions while you're pissed. But we all need to hit the purge button. And the world needs to see you hit the purge button. And we- So... Is he referring to the movies about people recklessly killing people in the street and trying to stage coups? Is, is that what he means by the purge button? Are, are conservatives just really bad at choosing their words or are they evil? That's the question. Dumb or evil? Maybe both? We get to hit the purge button with you. So I reserve the right to change my mind on some things that I say today. I reserve the right with new information. Translation, I haven't done any research information to maybe change tact but today's the day that we all have the right to be pissed off to yell to scream to- which means it's the same as every other day in america um this is america the whole idea is you have a right to be pissed whenever you want to be behave not as egregiously as the left 
but it's time to fight fire a little bit with fire. And today we're also going to get into, I was really... What would that be? What would fighting fire with fire be in this situation, Stephen? Spending all night, and I didn't sleep much, thinking about what is it that I can do? What is it that we can do here where we can offer you quantifiable steps that you can take? And some of those are going to have to be addressed on Mug Club, not on YouTube. Not because it's a call for violence, not because it's a call for a, a physical civil war, but because I don't know the rule book and I know that they're on high alert. Oh. Don't fuck. We're not going to have this. We're not going to have the open conversation here on YouTube. We're going to have it on the biased social media site that uh, caters to right wingedness. You know. Just like, I wonder if that shit's behind a paywall, you know? I've never been on Rumble. Uh, but like, I'm not calling for violence, but you know, uh, maybe you should come over to my, my other channel where we're not watched by a, a watchful corporate eye. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, not for violence or civil war. By the way, this means war. Over there at YouTube. We have an inside skinny on that. And before we get to anything else, and we're, we're going to get into the show here today and hopefully have some fun with it as well, because I understand that's a big reason why you tune in. Let's just dispel of this idea right on the outset that, oh, this is a Trump appointee to the FBI. Sure. Oh, this is a, a Trump appointee, the, the, the judge. Hmm, maybe. We'll get into that. Garland had to sign off on this. So that's what you were saying. That's what they've been saying on CNN all morning. MSNBC, all the mainstream outlets. Look, this is just like the issue we discussed yesterday with the IRS. It's about job security. The implication here, of course, is the implication that, oh, those people couldn't be in league with Trump because they might lose their jobs. So, like, the thing about this is, is it's a non-falsifiable claim. We can't prove that. We can't disprove that. It's not... It doesn't, the argument he's making is non-falsifiable. Do you mean to tell me that every single employee at your company looks out for the best interest of the boss who hired them? It could not be less relevant. Well, I mean, except for the fact that Donald Trump was a man who did most of his hiring based on the concept of how loyal people would be to him. And he's also one of the presidents who's like fired the most appointees and people working for him because he felt they were disloyal. Uh, I don't know. But like I said, this is non-falsifiable. It doesn't matter if they were appointed by President Trump. They can also betray people. These are people in government entrenched who value their... Don't trust the government. Don't trust people in the government, even if there are people in the government their job security, and their benefits over your right to freedom. Okay, so right there, he's implying that this somehow affects your rights and freedoms. And, and, and here's something else. Yeah, we need to be prudent. We need to be measured. But there's a reason that you should be mad. And there's, by the way, I wish I could say I bring you tidings of great joy. I think there is a silver lining. We'll get into that. There's a reason that you feel scared, and you should be. There He's about to make an incredibly ridiculous claim. There's nowhere else to go. Let's be clear. There is nowhere else for this administration, for these intelligence agencies to go, 
other than to conveniently use the radical expansion of the IRS to do this to you. The IRS is not currently involved, so he's about to make an interesting claim here. That's their only next step. What else can they do? So just so you're aware, it has already been confirmed that there are limits that have been put in place with the IRS with their new auditing power actually can only affect people who make more than $400,000 a year. So if you make less than $400,000 a year, um, no, what he's about to say will not affect you at all. Beyond going in door to door like Gestapo and taking your guns, right? Like they did in places like Australia, sorry. Actually not what happened in Australia. A mandatory buyback. Beyond the actual physical violence, Okay, so here's what actually happened in Australia. There was a mandatory, a quote-unquote mandatory buyback. But um, a thing people fail to understand is that Australia still has guns. Do they have, they have some arbitrary stupid rules about guns? Like you, uh, I forget if it's, like there's two types of shotguns. You know, there's the type of shotgun they have in Terminator where, you cr- uh, where it's got like the crank and then you got the pump action shotgun. Well in, well, in Australia, you can own one of those. I don't remember which one. But even though they fire at the same rate, you can't own the other. But you see, Australia has a large, is is mostly open land. So, you know, people will always need guns in Australia to protect themselves from, you know, having the most, the largest number of dangerous animals on the planet in one place. Also, Australia actually does have laws that allow for handgun ownage and other types of guns, you just have to sign up as a gun, as someone who does guns for sports. So the idea that Australia has no guns is a myth, just so you're aware. In fact, most of the countries that have quote-unquote gun control still have guns. Gun control is typically regulation designed to make sure the wrong people aren't getting guns. There's nowhere else for them to go other than to do this to other people. The FBI, and this is the thing, this is the thing. The FBI already can do this to other people. In fact, the reason this is unprecedented is just because they've never done it to someone as important as a president. But the FBI raids average Americans all the time. They have committed assassinations in our own country. The the FBI does fucked up shit, okay? They do. But the idea he is selling you here is that you should be afraid of the FBI because if they can come after the president, they can come after all of you. But the thing about that is, is that the entire reason this is unprecedented is that the FBI's power goes the other way. They already could come for you. The FBI already could raid anyone in America if they had probable cause, which by the way, they needed probable cause to do this raid. And they had, they got a warrant, which means they went through the system with probable cause and it was signed off on by judges. Now, of course, Stephen Crowder and the right are going to present to you that, oh, well, you know, people in the system don't do their jobs which is conspiratorial. And unless you have real evidence to back up the fact that there is a conspiracy, it is irresponsible to just come out and say it when you have zero evidence. And they've already taken measures yesterday 
with amendments and a process that was done in the dead of night in secret rooms so that you can be audited. You can be prosecuted. Your house can be. Okay, so he's tying the IRS thing to the Trump thing, and there, there really isn't a connection here. There's really not a connection here. There really isn't. He's making that up. They're unrelated topics. And by the way, it's happened to a lot of people. Sure, it's happened to James O'Keefe. You may not be familiar with what happened with us and the FBI. We'll get into that. Oh, my God. The FBI at some point has investigated Stephen Crowder, a foreign national who came to America and frequently views out white supremacist talking points. Oh, my God. Why would the FBI ever look into Stephen Crowder? It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be scared. I am. Just to be clear, that didn't sound like I was being sarcastic, but I was being sarcastic. I feel like the FBI has a million reasons they could look into Steven Crowder. Everyone in the United States, and if the left understood what this meant, they would all be scared too. I've been scared of the FBI my whole life, Steven Crowder. Stop being a fucking dick. Because this goes both ways, and for the first time that I've advocated on the show, it should go both ways. Actually, I agree. You can't unring that bell. The next president of the United States needs to prosecute everyone. Okay, so he's going a little bit crazy here. But on a, on a certain level, I kind of agree with him. But he is implying a bigger picture than is actually acceptable. Because he's implying that people right now, he, he's implying political revenge, essentially. But if I'm being 100% honest, I think accountability for people in power is good. I do think the FBI should investigate politicians. And I do think the invest the FBI should make sure that politicians aren't fucking scum. That I mean, like, if you're worried about government corruption, doesn't it seem weird that you would be against advocating the prosecution and investigation of government? Because that's technically what we're talking about here. If you're against corruption, this is good. Needs to clean house everywhere. And I will tell you this. We'll get into this. Here's a purity test for you. You can't really go after people unless you have evidence to go after people. That's the thing he's trying to ignore here. He's, he's trying to make this a blanket statement where you're just like, oh, everybody should be investigated. How do you really feel about that? Do you want to be investigated for no, without any probable cause? But of course, in his mind, anyone going after Trump is probable cause to investigate those people going after Trump. Any Republican who does not actively right now within the next, what time is it? 10, 18 Eastern? By noon today, any Republican in an hour and a half right now in office or running for office who does not actively champion the defunding, the dismantling of our intelligence agencies. What? Stephen Crowder wants to defund the police? I will not vote for. Don't care who it is. Just so you know, the FBI are police. That's, that's their goal. They're just federal police. Are you listening, Ted Cruz? Are you listening, DeSantis? Are you listening, Rubio? It would actually be beautiful if this resulted in a bunch of fucknut QAnon types not voting for Republicans. Are you listening, though? The term skeleton crew should be a generous application to what the FBI will be.
when the next president is through with him. This is not about backing the blue. So does that mean Republicans are no longer concerned about uh, Islamic extremism in America? Because, you know, the FBI are the people who, you know, cover that. Um, Oh, and or is this because if the FBI is greatly depowered, they will no longer be monitoring all the white supremacists in in this country, which we know the FBI does. It's not about guys with guns. It's about guys with pencils. It's about buttersoft bitches with clip on ties who are just taking orders. Just, you know, the FBI do have guns. Um, they do. Just doing their job. Well, guess what? I know the people who are having you do this have promised that they'll kill you last figuratively. The people who are, who are asking you to do this have promised to kill you last figuratively. What? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, Stephen Crowder. This is, you just, this is just blatant, non-falsifiable statements and accusations. Oh, you know, they're really just doing this to save their lives because the government is so evil. It's threatened to murder them if they don't go after Trump. Like, that's what he's implying. And then he says figuratively afterwards, so that you can't call him on being a fucking lunatic. These are the people who are always telling us to read between the lines. And the thing that's crazy about that is that if you do read between the lines, you'll see that they are bloodthirsty dickbags. That's never how it works out. So, the, yeah, the extremes, the Bill Crystals of the world, the Lincoln Projects, the I'm the good Republican. No, you're not. You're complicit with... Wait. Wait, what about the Lincoln Project? Isn't the Lincoln Project... Hold on, what is the Lincoln Project? What Republican... What Republican organization did he just call out? Oh, interesting. Okay, that's interesting that he would go after them. They seem to be the people that stand for what he wants right now. The Lincoln Project is an American political action committee formed in late 2019 Mm. by former current Republicans during 2020 presidential election. It aimed to prevent the real... Oh, this is why he's calling them out. It aimed to prevent the re-election of Donald Trump and defeat all Republicans in close races running for re-election in the United States. Oh, that's why he's calling them out. Okay. evil. And any Republican and any host... Anyone who claims to put on our team jersey and doesn't actively advocate for the dismantling, dismembering, complete restructuring, if at all, of all of our intelligence agencies, there is a special place in hell for people like you. I would, okay, so just, I would actually be okay with us scaling back the CIA. Fuck the CIA, man. Uh, And, you know, I'm not... Like, this is difficult because I wouldn't consider myself pro-FBI or pro-CIA ever. I think the CIA is the worst. And the FBI is, the only thing that makes the FBI better than the CIA is the FBI has a culture and rules that keep them relatively in check. Now, to be fair, not in check enough to not murder Martin Luther King or to spy on all the politicians in the 1950s or to try and blacklist people for for having communist beliefs which by the way is an infringement of their first amendment rights but the major difference between the fbi and the cia is of course that 
the CIA is a bunch of wild fuck cowboys who do whatever the fuck they want and don't give any dams at any point for any reason. And and basically create a culture of one hand not knowing what the other hand is doing because the other hand is probably selling cocaine. The FBI, however, has strict and stringent rules and policies for agent behavior, and they see and they promote an internal culture of America first, meaning that their loyalty is not to any specific government uh, or leader of our presidency. Their loyalty is to America itself. Now, that can still lead to them doing some fucked shit, like, you know, killing Martin Luther King. But it still puts them in line with people who would not let America fall to an insurrection because their ultimate goal is to maintain America. So I think the FBI would have a lot of reasons, but they wouldn't like Trump. But this also... Almost everyone who has ever run the FBI has been a Republican, is another thing. The FBI has a very conservative slant, and they have for many years. The FBI is law and order. The idea that Republicans are currently coming out against law and order, or the FBI, I should say, indicates how volatile their actual beliefs are. This is not about having standards or morals. This is, this is about winning. It's one thing to wear the jersey of evil. It's another to try and link arms with us and then turn on us. How's that for purity? So if you have beliefs and convictions, and then you suddenly feel like the people around you are no longer living up to those beliefs or convictions, it would make sense that they would turn on you, Stephen. Because if there are any Republicans out there who actually have beliefs and convictions, then you should realize how toxic the right wing is making everything. Pretty test. I'm pissed. This show's going to be different tenor and tone. Are you starting to get the picture? On with the show. Get ready. That's all we need to see of that. Fuck that. We don't need to see more of Steven Crowder. I, I regret even sharing that. But did you hear him? Did you hear the thing that I was saying was the problem? And he's not even the worst. Right now, the right-wing media is going nuts. And that's what I'm worried about. Right now, the right-wing media is pushing harder and harder for what sounds like insurrection. And they can't come out and say it out loud. They've got to say things like, figuratively. It's a problem. And it's alarming. I have never... We have to understand that the events of January 6th are not over yet. There are still people in this country who actively believe that their solution is to tear down the American government and install some type of theocratic autocracy. The Republicans, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm forgetting his name. Ah, fuck. The Republicans at CPAC Recently, all right, Orban. How do you spell his name? Victor Orban. Okay, we're going to talk about this. You see, the Republicans are not even really hiding the fact that they're terrible. The Republicans, whether they're aware of it or not, the Republican... The people who are pushing the Republican agenda right now 
are essentially in two camps, tradcons and fascists. And they've been doing this for a long time. In fact, they've been building this up for a long time. They've developed the National Prayer Breakfast. The National Prayer Breakfast currently influences over 100 countries in the world with different countries, especially countries that have swung towards right-wing authoritarianism and traditionalist conservative values. And by that, I mean blatant homophobia and racism in their countries have often, are often countries that are either attendees of the National Prayer Breakfast or have National Prayer Breakfasts of their own. And recently at CPAC, if you haven't heard about this, you should probably be freaking out. Viktor Orban, the prime minister of Hungary, a foreign national, came to talk at CPAC. Why is Viktor Orban coming to talk at CPAC? Well, probably because He's pretty fucking right wing. Allow me, allow me to uh, tell you some of the things that he believes in. Anti-LGBT policies. Since his election as prime minister in 2010, Orban has led initiatives and laws to hinder human rights of the LGBT plus people, regarding those as not compatible with Christian values. What, you mean, you mean taking care of the downtrodden and not judging people is against Christian values? Weird, Orban. Weird, weird hill to die on. In 2020, Orban's government ended legal recognition of transgender people. Uh-oh. Receiving widespread criticism both in Hungary and abroad, in 2021, his party proposed legislation to censor any LGBT plus positive content in movies, books, or public advertisements. To, and to severely restrict sex education in schools, forbidding any information thought to encourage gender change or homosexuality. The law has been linked, I'm sorry, the law has been likened to Russia's restrictions on homosexual propaganda. <sighs> German Chancellor Angela Merkel and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, uh, Leyen harshly criticized the law while a letter from 16 EU leaders, including Pedro Sanchez and Mario Draghi, Draghi? No, it is with an A, warned against threats against fundamental rights, and in particular, the principle of non-discrimination on the grounds of sexual orientation. His anti-LGBT plus positions came under more scrutiny after the revelation that one of the European deputies of his, part, of his party, Joseph uh, Sajar, Sajer, I don't know, had participated in a, in, gay, in a gay sex party in Brussels, despite the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic quarantine restrictions. Sajer was one of the major architects behind the 2011 Constitution of Hungary. This new constitution has been criticized by the Human Rights Watch for being discriminatory towards the LGBT plus community. So, you know, amazingly, yep. Gay politicians pushing the anti-gay agenda. Amazing. Nothing changes. Orban announced LGBTQ in 
in education referendum for the spring of 2022, coinciding with the parliamentary election and was described as child protection issue concerning LGBTQ rights after pressure from the European Union over legislation which the EU says discriminates against LGBTQ people. The parts of the law that are in question in the referendum have been condemned by human rights groups and labeled as vigorous anti-LGBT rhetoric and intended to limit minority rights. Human rights groups have also said the referendum is likely to increase discrimination and stigmatization of Hungarian LGBT community and make life more difficult for LGBT children. The referendum failed to pass. So we know he hates the queer communities, and that's fucked up. But wait till you hear this. Nationalistic views. In his 2018 speech at the meeting of the Association of Cities with County Rights, Orban said, we must state that we do not want to be diverse and do not want to be mixed. We do not want our, our color, traditions, and national culture to be mixed with those of others. We do not want this. We do not want that at all. We do not want a diverse country. He even threw in color there. Jesus Christ. In 2021 speech, Orban said, the challenge with Bosnia is how to integrate a country with 2 million Muslims. Bosnian leaders responded with calling for Orban's visit to Sarajevo to be canceled. The head of the country's Islamic community, Hussein uh, Kavazovic, it's, I don't know, it sounds, it's very Eurasian name, criticized his statement xenophobic and racist. In May of 2022, Orban promoted the Great Replacement Conspiracy in a speech. Yeah, yeah, this is the problem right here. CPAC is inviting an authoritarian fascist to talk at their meetings when he's someone who has put forward the Great Replacement Theory. Holy shit, people. In July of 2022, Orban, in a speech repeating the thesis of Jean Raspail in Romanian, spoke against the mixing of European and non-European races, adding, we Hungarians are not a mixed race, and we do not want to become a mixed race. Opposition to immigration and support for higher birth rates. As stated by The Guardian, the Hungarian government doubled family spending between 2010 and 2019, intending to achieve a lasting turn in, demogra in demographic processes by 2030. Orban has espoused an anti-immigration platform and has also advocated for increased investment into family first into family first. Orban has disregarded the European Union's attempts to promote integration as a key solution to population distribution problems in Europe. He has also supported investment into the country's low birth rates. Orban has tapped into the great replacement theory, which emulates a nativist approach to rejecting foreign immigration out of fear of replacement by immigrants. He has stated that if Europe is not going to be populated by Europeans in the future, and we take this as a given, then we 
are speaking about ex an exchange of populations to replace the population of Europe with others. Now, of course, the confusion and, of course, the problem here is, of course, that if you properly integrate immigrants into your society without this horrific amount of xenophobia, they will become nationals to your country. National nationality also referring to your citizenship, by the way, which, of course, Victor Orban is using a different definition of nationalism here. The Guardian stated that this year, the Hungarian government introduced 10 million foreign, apparently that's their money, which is equivalent to 27,000 pounds interest-free loans for families. Wow, their money is worthless garbage. Okay. Does not have to be paid back if the couple has three children. So basically, they're handing out free money to anyone willing to get pregnant three times. In July of 2020, Orban expressed that he still expects arguments over linking disbursement of funds of the European Union to rule of law criteria, but remarked in a state radio interview that they didn't win the war. We won an important battle. In August 2020, Orban, while speaking at an event to inaugurate monument commemorating the Treaty of Trianon, said Central European nations should come together to preserve their Christian roots, a Western Europe experiment with same-sex family immigration. I'm sorry. Said the Central European nations should come together to preserve their Christian roots as Western Europe experiments with same-sex families, immigration, and atheism. Despite an anti-immigration rhetoric from Orban, it has been reported that Hungary has actually increased immigration of foreign workers into the country. Do you get the idea? Do you get the idea? Is that enough for you to understand who Orban is? There's more here. I could go on, on his views and public inter image, international influence. Oh, we should we should look at his international influence in America. In the United States, Orban has been described by foreign policy as holding anti-American views. Oh my God, the Republicans brought a guy who has anti-American views to CPAC. Think about that. In January 2022, Donald Trump endorsed Orban in the, 20, in the 2022 Hungarian parliamentary election, saying in a statement that he truly loves his country and wants safety for his people. And praising his hardline immigration policies, Donald Trump's former chief strategist, Steve Bannon, once called Orban Trump before Trump. In August of 2021, Tucker Carlson hosted some episodes on of his show, Tucker Carlson Tonight, from Budapest, praising Orban as the one elected leader on the face of the earth who publicly identifies as Western-style conservative. In a 15-minute one-on-one interview with Orban, he asked not a single challenging question, according to Andrew Morantz. The 2022 Conservative Political Action Conference that's this one, the one that just happened. The flagship conference of American conservatism will be held in Hungary. What? They didn't... What? 
and would be held in Hungary, and sycophantic praise of Orban is alleged to be common on the U.S. cable TV channel Fox News. In Florida, the law known as Don't Say Gay Bill, promoted by Governor Ron DeSantis, resembles a law banning sex education involving LGBTQ topics passed in 2021. According to DeSantis' press secretary, we were watching the Hungarians and were inspired by their legislation. In August of 2022, Orban was the opening speaker at the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC, in Dallas, Texas. So not only has CPAC gone to Hungary, to be with Orban. Orban has come to America to be with CPAC. Huh. Fascinating. Are you beginning to see it? Are you beginning to see the problem? Look, I don't like, oh my God, there's so much, there's, oh, there's so much here I could go into on Orban. It's all bad. It's all bad. He's a, he's the worst. But that's kind of what I'm saying. We're dealing with a situation right now where the right is dramatically moving to the right. They're doing all the famous fascist stuff, whether it's an appeal to tradition where they ignore the actual facts of history to cherry pick anything that sounds good to them. There's their, in, there's their appeal to right-wing populism that is going on all over this country. There's the right-wing media saying things like, get ready to fight. Fight like hell. Trial by combat. I rarely ever, and I, I, I say this as someone who has friends that are communists. I have... I have never been in a room talking with a communist where we were suddenly like, you know what we should do? We should create a campaign to make shit real scary enough that we can overthrow the government and install a communist or regime. I've never been in a room of communists saying that. But conservatives are saying that on TV. Conservatives are saying that on YouTube. Conservatives are trying to freak you out about these right-wing populist concepts like demographic change. But, but they're leaving out all the facts about demographic change, which is that demographic change actually happens incredibly slowly. The important thing is to not have, it's not to have majority white people in America. The tree is to have a majority people who believe in democracy and freedom in America who believe in the ability to express yourself as an individual in a free society. These are things Republicans don't believe in. When Republicans talk about rugged individualism, they're not talking about support. They're not talking about, they're not talking about the systems. They're talking about blaming poor people for their own poverty, even though poor people are struggling to just stay in the game. The right wing is holding conferences in fascist countries. 
the right wing are openly associating with authoritarians. The right wing are openly endorsing imperialist actions of countries just because those countries claim to be Christian. I have no problem with Christianity. What I do have a problem with is these people. These right-wing Christians who want to force their religion on our government, who want to distort the facts, who want to throw out science, who want to make you afraid of your neighbors because your neighbors aren't white Christians. These are the people I have a problem with. Lord, Kermit, what is going on outside? What the? Wait, what the fuck is that? Oh, it's concrete. They're mixing concrete? Ugh, sorry. There's no way I'm going to be able to... I don't know if you can hear that. Ugh, annoying. Where was I? Right. This shit is scary. I never thought I'd be in a situation where I had to stand up for, the, for America. But now I get it. Because the alternative to America is shit like Viktor Orban. The alternative to America is shit like Donald Trump. The alternative to America is a theocracy. And America was never meant to be a theocracy. America was meant to be about a country where you had the freedom to live your life the way that you wanted to. Provided you weren't hurting other people. And right now, the Republicans are hurting people while at the same time choosing scapegoats for who they want to become the lower classes of the new future. They want to push the gays back into the closet. They want to push trans people back into the closet. They want everyone to conform to their ideals of society. They want the people at the bottom to suck it up and take it. They want white people to have more babies like that'll fix anything. These people are corrupt, these people are wild, and these people are dangerous. Don't be afraid to tell these people the truth because that's the only thing we can do is we have to keep pushing the truth. We have to keep pushing the American belief in freedom, in individualism, because that's another thing is that these people are anti-individualist. They hold up the rugged individualist thing to try and convince you that they are the individualists of our society. But that's to distract you from the fact that they want to suppress the individualism of millions of Americans. Whether that's the individualism to be feminist, the individualism to be gay, the individualism to be a communist, the individualism to express yourself in a way that is non-conformatory to their Christian nationalist beliefs. They are the real anti-individualists. Make no mistake. We have to vote, of course, but it's more than that. We have to try and create a loving, compassionate culture. We need to, and we need to try and bring as many of them over to our side as we can. We need to reach out to people and try and convince them that what they're going to do is going to damage America. It's going to throw us careening off the cliff. 
we must stand for the American beliefs of diversity, opportunity, and neighbors. We have to believe that America can be neighbors. We can be neighbors again. I don't know any of my physical neighbors. And I, quite frankly, I don't know if I want to. But if I'm not being a hypocrite, that's part of the problem. We must make America socialize again. And I don't mean breaking six feet rules or anything. I just mean we have to come to get, we have to unite America somehow. Because this division is killing us. And frankly, at this point, I think the Christian nationals are doing it on purpose. Thank you for listening. Please support and share this podcast in any way that you have the option to do so. Thank you.